Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Alrighty, welcome in everybody. Patrick Johnson show here on this uh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday already. How about what that? Win. What a win, Philip. What a win. Uh, a little three doors down, huh, to get us in. Not uh, bring this up a little bit. I was never a big fan of this. Then they uh, they played the inauguration in uh, I guess seventeen, and I thought they did a great job. Good band live. At least they appeared to be. Uh, hey, it's uh, great to have you with us. Uh, it is our Houston Huddle Day. Mike Houston will be with us uh, in a little bit. In fact, uh, that'll be uh, dialing up here in our second segment today. Uh, we have uh, Pirate Players audio on deck. I know uh, we had uh, Ben Byerman. Thanks to Ben yesterday for filling in on the uh, Monday edition. Always good to have a live show uh, for you after uh well, the Monday after the college football season started off, at least for the Pirates in week one, uh, which lasted, which started last Thursday. It didn't last terribly long, it seemed. But, uh, yes, it uh, started last Thursday. And uh, Ben did a great job with Jim Zoki yesterday, so thanks to Ben for filling in. But uh, he got to some of these Shane Beamer cuts, but we just wanted to re-air him again because I know a lot of people were coming in, you know, last night off vacation, maybe didn't catch the show, that kind of thing. And uh, so we'll revisit some of that for you today as well. Uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, is in today. Ref, how are you? Good weekend. You were out of you were in Colorado after the uh, ECU game, right? You you went out there for something, right? Yeah, I flew out for a wedding on Friday. I flew out. The wedding was Saturday, which I thought was kind of sacrilegious to have a wedding the Saturday that college football started. But you know, those Westerners don't know any better. No, I mean, what are they? Buffaloes fans or uh, Colorado State fans? Come on, Air Force fans. I, was, I had a conversation today with a guy, uh, former ECU player, not Sunalder, somebody else, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they um, they talked about, um, you know, the, the big hubbubaloo, if I may invoke a little French, yesterday was uh, that the Big 12 was going to invite officially, because this, this was even talked about, I watched a little bit late night Saturday, as I was kind of winding down uh, Saturday, I watched a little bit of um, the BYU-Arizona game. And openly, the worldwide leader was talking about it, that BYU was set to be invited. So BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. And so we were just kicking around an idea of who you would – you know, fill those spots with potentially if that does come to fruition, which if it does, I, I think the first question I would ask Mike Oresco is what the hell have you been doing? Here was your chance to to grow the American brand. And three teams are going to get poached from it, if you believe all the reports. Now, I don't think that anything was formal yesterday in that meeting. I think it was more of a fact-finding sort of mission. Now, what that is, I, I really don't know. But I know no official invitations were yielded yesterday, and that was the expectation. So I, who knows if that'll happen this week or not. 
Uh, there's going to be some bushes. I'm going to beat on that tonight just to kind of see what, what that is looking like, but gosh, w- would that be potentially a bad blow to the American? Anyway, uh, I bring this up because this guy I talked to, uh, he thought that ECU should go and get the easternmost teams of the uh, of the Mountain West, which would include Boise, and add like five teams. Now this guy's thinking like a football guy. He's not thinking like you know an AD that's got to figure out how you get the soccer team to to Boise, Idaho, or Colorado Springs, Colorado. But but I get where he's coming from there. I, it just seems like more and more people are like, hey, let's let football do its own thing. Let's try to get basketball back to some regional semblance. But, you know, we have uh, – I have a sister-in-law that's – she's a Division One athlete. My sister, D3 athlete, and, and has been a, a coach at the D1 level and uh, and other levels of college. You know, my dad, an administrator. So, I mean, we, we kind of follow a little bit of this from the standpoint of – you know, the coaches, athletes, and administrators, all levels of this, and fans, of course. And, and if you look at it, what's really interesting is ever since, you know, the big money came in with the Big Ten Network, the SEC Network, and now to a, a much lesser extent, whatever it is that the Pac-12 and the ACC have going, uh, the really big advantage of the ACC deal is term. It's not really money so much when you compare it to other places, but it's term. But anyway, w- what's happening there is, once that money started to come in, it's not a big deal for the University of Kentucky volleyball team to go God knows where to play. Apparently, it's not a big deal. I think the more apt uh, comparison would be it's not a big deal for the Colorado volleyball team or tennis team or whatever to get on a plane and fly to Oregon or Los Angeles and play because you stick them on charters. At least put them back, coming back on charters. And once that big money entered the fray, it got it got really easy to put teams on planes and send them to and fro to play. And uh, I mean, it's quite frankly left. You know, I, look, let's let's not make any bones about it. Despite the yeoman's job done by the athletic administration and a lot of sacrifices that were made here, uh, it was not as catastrophic in the red as it could have been. But it. it still in the red, and, you know, a lot of it I would venture to guess is the money that's having to be poured out to travel. The recruiting budgets are probably travel. I know they're trying to curtail some of that. But, I mean, just to go somewhere in the conference for a team for ECU that is uh, a non-rev sport, I mean, that's a that's a big chunk out of their money. And, look, as successful as ECU baseball is, a lot of what they have to do, of course, that's an expensive sport with the equipment that you you have in it. But a lot of what ECU baseball deals with is travel, and those are some hellacious logistics. So uh, we'll see where all that goes. But, you know, I, I think maybe a little more East Coast, just speaking from a a pirate perspective, might be interesting. We could delve into that maybe uh, some Thursday uh, or tomorrow. We're going to have Joe Giglio on tomorrow. But uh, Mike Houston coming up here in a couple of minutes. I was getting ready today, uh, Philip. As you know, we've got the award-winning fastest two hours in radio, the Pirate Game Day Countdown coming your way Saturday morning from uh, nine until eleven, leading into network coverage here on ninety-four-three. The game. You can also pick up uh, the game broadcast and its pregame show and postgame uh, here on ninety-four-three. The game, but also one hundred seven point nine WNCT, one hundred. 
thousand watt flagship of your ECU Pirates. And so I was, you know, getting ready for the pregame a little bit today, had some time to look over some notes involving the ECU South Carolina series. And we'll have a report on that in all of the uh, gory details on, uh, on Saturday. It's the 20th all-time meeting between. But one of the more interesting facets of the all-time meeting, in my mind at least, was ECU the year they went down in the late 90s, 99, and uh, beat South Carolina, and then were scheduled to return home coming up the next uh, week and, and be home against Miami. Now, Philip, I have a sense this may have been, you might have been uh, the young ref at that point. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I was only a year old. The young ref in that situation. Did you have the beard and the good hair when you were, when you were, have you always had that? Uh, it didn't come in until I was about five. Okay. All right. Well, um, so, so we were going through some of that today and I was remembering back that time it was just an awful hurricane. Floyd, and it came through, and it just devastated Eastern Carolina. And I've told this story before, and we've reminisced about this. So I was living uh, in some newly built townhouse. I was kind of renting a room from a buddy of mine, which started this nomadic life that I've, I'm still living today in some ways. And so I, uh, I got my you know, buddy. I, I left his place. My girlfriend at the time was from the Shenandoah Valley. She went to ECU, and... So she was said, I'm just going to go back home for the weekend. I said, yeah, okay. Because I was, you know, just we, usually the hurricanes had come. We'd had glancing blows in Greenville. Everything was cool. And so I thought, all right, well, we'll, I'll just go home for the weekend back to Kinston. You know, it was about a 30-some-odd-minute drive from where I was living at the time. And we'll probably not be in class Monday. We may not be in class Tuesday, but I can come back on Tuesday and we'll be in, you know, kind of a long weekend. It's like a Thursday I left. So I leave and I go. And, of course, I was stuck at Kinston for two weeks <laughs> because of of the, the, the devastating effects of the hurricane. But you'll remember the ECU team had to stay in Columbia. Now, the good folks at South Carolina, their administration allowed ECU to work out, uh, utilize their uh, facilities to a degree. and But, you know, that's that's kind of what ECU had to do back then. Uh, because they couldn't get back into Eastern. That's how devastating the flooding was. So you got the Steve Logan cut? I do. We all know kind of the rest of the story. ECU went to Raleigh that week, hosted Miami, credit to NC State and their administration for letting the Pirates play Miami there. It was a packed house inside of Carter-Finley Stadium. They got mad when we tore down their goalpost. Pirates rallied to beat Miami. And one of the most inspirational victories in, in the program's history. And so I, I thought, man, the resolve it took to keep everybody together on that team, the coaching staff, the players, everybody, to come up and win. I mean, just to do all that, it was just so gutsy. And so here is uh, Steve Logan in the aftermath of the game. they just gotten back to Greenville. And this is an excerpt, I guess, from the old TV show. And this is him. You know, talking about, hey, we, we've got tough times. We Our players have had tough times. We have tough times ahead of us. But the Pirate Nation rallied. Let's play the cut here. Humbling, uh, overwhelming emotion for me, our players, to walk out into that stadium. I, 
no, I don't know if anybody knew what was going to happen as far as who was showing up to watch the game. Right. But to see the stadium overflowing, um, I was joking with one of the reporters, it would have been a great time for somebody to come back and rob everybody, every house in Greenville because <laughs> there couldn't have been anyone left in Greenville. But uh, that's why I coach at East Carolina. I think that East Carolina football really is the vehicle to represent Eastern North Carolina, and Lord knows we've been through it, and we're, we're still going to go through some. There's some people out there that have lost lives, uh, loved ones, and, uh, you know, I just want everybody to know that our, our hearts and feelings, we, we've had a little bit of hardship on the football team, but nothing compared to what's going on out there, and we just want to wish everybody uh, just, just stay in there, and I think the, the very best of people will come out in mm-hmm. the coming month. Now, certainly what we're going through now with the – downturn in the football station or football stadium is, is nothing compared to what was going on in 19. I mean, you had people losing everything they had worked their entire lives for. Uh, and ECU is a great sort of uh, rallying point for everybody in Eastern North Carolina uh, that particular fall. And the Pirates, of course, as we mentioned, beat Miami. But what I, I really found interesting there was Steve Logan's words, kind of what it means to be a pirate, man. And, and, representing Eastern North Carolina and being that sort of beacon in Eastern North Carolina. And you hear that, it does sound, you know, like something that's just lip service at times. But, you know, I think had ECU certainly won and maybe even played better, people were ready to get back on board with this football program as far as showing up. And look, there, there may be, I, I have not had the occasion today to broach into the subject of how many tickets have been sold. I, again, something else that I'm going to get an answer to. But, you know, I, I do think it's important to, in the same spirit, kind of rally around these guys. Now, these kids are not going through anything like that team in 99 did. Our friend Kevin Monroe was on the team, others. But what it, what this group's going through now is, you know, they, they need a little something to galvanize them. And I think the way to do that is is stay the course behind them and let's see what they do against South Carolina this weekend. Look, I was very frustrated last Friday. I was, you know, less frustrated over the weekend. Still kind of frustrated to a degree. It is frustrating. Losing stinks. It's not fun. And this is nothing that Mike Houston said today during his press conference or any of the players said today. I mean, it's nothing like that that's changed my mind. I just think I re- I heard that Steve Logan cut while I was going through some stuff to, to get ready for the pregame, and I thought, you know, man, he's right. We've we've come back from a lot worse in the East and in Greenville and in as a university and as a football program. And so I, I think it'd be a real shame at this point just to totally turn your back on things. And there look, there are people who are still very unhappy with the way things went down Thursday. Just I didn't think there was any improvement shown. Um, but I, I do really, really think you know, if you, it's going to be great weather. If you turn out, it'll be a huge deal. And I, and I do believe that Saturday could be the first step towards trying to get back in a direction where this program is where its rightful place should be. The chip on the shoulder, the, the hard work mentality, the anytime, anywhere mentality. And a lot of that, it can be turned around. App's very, very good. In some ways, I think they're a lot better than that's South Carolina. South Carolina may have more star ratings on some of their recruits. They might have, you know, that SEC size and speed. But but App's a very good football program and a very good football team this year as a result of 
the, the, the fruits of that program's labor. So I, I think from that standpoint, it's not going to be easy, but I think South Carolina, man for man, maybe isn't as talented as the first 22 on either side of the ball, the, the front 11 on offense, front 11 on defense that, that Appalachian State is. Doesn't mean, again, it's going to be a walk in the park, but it does mean that I think if you have a crowd there that's behind this group, we can help them kind of galvanize that group like they galvanized and, and lifted Eastern North Carolina up some 20-some-odd years ago. So I really would love to see that. I think everybody would. So if you're on the fence about going or you don't, you know, look, spend your money how you want. I would never dream of telling you how to. But, you know, I think it's going to end up, it's going to be a special day. It's the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I can't think of anything more Americana than than gathering. They're going to have a very nice halftime presentation designed to remember the heroes. It'll be a day where heroes will be there and, and all that. And we're going to ask Mike Houston about this in a couple of minutes. But I just I think it'd be very important for for the fan base, you know, alumni, students, to kind of rally again, like we did twenty some odd years ago. But this time, rally. And look, I get we've been through a lot with athletics, the football program, but uh, you know, I, I'm just anxious to see. You know, was was Thursday night just a bad night against a very good team? And right now, I'm kind of willing to say it was. So let's let's see what happens. Uh, we'll get to Mike Houston coming up. We'll have a pirate report for you. But uh, Coach Houston and our Houston huddle, and it is uh, brought to you by our uh, friends at Medical Park Pharmacy. We've got that coming up on the other side of this timeout. And then we'll uh, have uh, Philip with an update after that. Lots of news out of college football, lots of news around uh, the NFLs. We've got uh, week one of the NFL coming up. Speaking of which, check out the Panthers and Jets. Season opener for the Cats in Charlotte. We'll have it for you on our sister station, 1037 WTIB, Eastern North Carolina's home for the Carolina Panthers. 12 noon will be the airtime on Sunday, 1 o'clock kick. Panthers, Jets from B of A in Charlotte. Timeout will come back. Mike Houston in the Houston huddle when we return. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. We want more. Like, you really like it. You right. want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. It's time to check in with ECU head football coach Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today. As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup, it's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. The Pirates and Gamecocks from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. It'll be great to have fans uh, in Moss back inside of uh, Rowdy Dowdy coming up on Saturday. Airtime uh, air for our coverage begins at 9 a.m. Uh, here on the flagship of the Pirates 94.3. The game, Mike Houston, head coach of the Pirates, uh, joining us here as we uh, look forward to... Uh, uh, Pirate football in the home opener against a one and zero South Carolina team. Coach, uh, looking back at uh, Thursday as we uh, kind of surmise uh, the loss to App State, uh, you've gone back and, and had uh, obviously a chance uh, long ago to uh, review the film of that. Some things that did stand out, some things that need some areas of improvement in your mind. Well, I mean, I think it's the biggest thing that stood out. It's just it's great to have fans back in the stands. Um, it was just a, an incredible stage to play on. And, uh, you know, our, our, our fan base, Appalachian State's fan base, you know, certainly both turned out 
Um, and it was a, you know, as an extremely loud, uh, energetic environment. So, uh, it was just great to get back to a little bit, a little bit more normalcy. So, um, and, uh, you know, it's, we, we were facing a very, very good team. Uh, you know, they were exactly what we thought they were older experienced stuff, but they played a, uh, a very, very good first game of the year. You know, you see so many mistakes from so many teams across the country, you know, this past weekend in game one, but I thought they played a very clean game uh, and looked look like an older experienced team. So, um, you know, had our hands full, but, uh, you know, I thought our kids, uh, I thought we came out and played uh, played well early, uh, you know, able to get a stop on the first drive. Um, and then, uh, you know, our second drive, able to get the, you know, the big play from Keaton Johnson uh, on the screen pass that uh, put us up 6 nothing. And, uh, you know, we, we did some things good throughout the game. And then, uh, you know, we had some areas that we got to really clean up, you know, and, and the biggest thing is just our execution uh, really on both sides of the ball. Um, but, you know, in particular, just looking at our offensive execution, I thought that, you know, we left a lot of plays out there. Uh, and, and, and that means just there's a lot of, lot of opportunity for improvement. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what we're focusing on this week is cleaning that stuff up. Uh, and uh, playing a much uh, a much cleaner game this weekend against South Carolina, Coach. Obviously, Appalachian State had a lot to do with this, particularly up front. But it, it did seem like that the offensive line had some some struggles at times. Well, it's it it, it wasn't one person constantly. Um, you know, it was uh, you know one mistake by uh, you know six or seven individuals throughout the night, and it wasn't just the O line. I mean, it was. You know, our, our running backs, uh, you know, each of them had uh, one bust in protection. And so you just add those all up and it looks, uh, you know, it looks the way it did. So uh, that's, why, that's what I mean by execution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's stuff that you can clean up. You know, it's, it's uh, everybody being on the same page with the ID, everybody being on the same page with the protection, um, and then just executing at a high level. And so uh, those are all correctable mistakes that, uh, you know, should get cleaned up for this weekend. Coach, uh, you, you addressed everything as far as uh, what you could say about uh, any officiating uh, afterwards. So I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily go there, but uh, there were uh, some penalties that probably were a little bit head-scratching. But then, un- unfortunately, there were some, uh, some penalties that were kind of uh, self-inflicted uh, wounds, a couple of 15-yarders in there. So from that standpoint, that discipline, that execution, uh, that had to be a little frustrating for, for you and the staff, I have to imagine. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, we lost to the better team. You know, there's no doubt Appalachian State Mm -hmm. uh, was the better team last Thursday night. But, you know, a a couple of the plays were were very frustrating. You know, when you review them and, um, you know, the flag shouldn't have been thrown. I mean, that's that's just frustrating. So because, you know, a couple of those were pivotal, uh, you know, very pivotal, you know, momentum changing plays. You know, when you call back a 60-yard run that, would give you first and goal to six. I mean, that's, that's a big play, you know, when it's a one score game. So, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, all of us have to clean up, clean things up after, uh, you know, the first week. So we've got to execute better and, and some of our self-inflicted stuff, you know, we've got to eliminate that stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, I expect us to be much cleaner this weekend. Uh, there was uh, the, the injury Bailey Malovic uh, last week and your, your heart just breaks for him. Uh, because yeah. of uh, just all the work that he put in. I mean, you talk about a physical transformation. Uh, I'll ask you to speak a little bit on that, but uh, by and large, did uh, ECU get out of last week in pretty good shape? Well, you know, we've lost Bailey for the season, so that's uh, unfortunate. 
So, uh, you know, no, I, we didn't get out in good shape. You know, that's, he, he's, he's an important part of our, our team and had worked so hard to put himself in the situation to really have a great year. Um, so just, you know, right now, just trying to support him mentally. Uh, you know, he'll, we have a great medical team, so they'll get, uh, get everything taken care of and he'll be back. And, you know, he's got a lot of snaps left to play in the pirate uniform. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll focus on getting him back full speed, uh, you know, for the future, but, um, you know, outside of that, we have some bumps and bruises, but, uh, you know, nothing significant. And coach Bailey, I assume, uh, there'll be an opportunity for a medical red shirt, red medical red shirt. Uh, so he'll have, uh, potentially a couple more years in a pirate uniform. Yeah, he should have a couple more years. Okay. Mike Houston uh, visiting with us uh, here. Uh, great to catch up with uh, Coach as we uh, get set to turn our attention to South Carolina. One other thing, uh, you know, Holt Naylor's who just represents this program and community uh, with the highest amount of, of class and uh, decorum. Uh, and, you know, what a leader to say, you know, this is on me. When you go back and you've reviewed how Holton played, I don't think it was a perfect game for him, probably uh, – maybe average or a little below what he normally would have would have wanted. Uh, he did make some great throws. Uh, that, that touchdown at the end was a heck of a throw. Uh, but uh, as you look at Holton's play in, in week one, give us your assessment and uh, the offensive uh, staff's assessment of his performance. Well, I mean, I thought he did a lot of good things. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, he, he puts a lot of pressure on himself. It's certainly not all on him. So we've got to do a better job surrounding him. Um, but I thought, uh, you know, he made a lot of, made a lot of good decisions, made a lot of good plays. Um, you know, certainly there were some plays out there that, uh, you know, could have been, you know, significant plays that uh, weren't made, but, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll improve this week. And, um, you know, if he, if he, if he improves over that performance last week, he'll have a great game Saturday. We've got, uh, South Carolina coming to town, obviously a big, uh, opportunity for pirate nation to show up and show out. Uh, and it'll be great to have uh, what looks like it's going to be a, a beautiful weather weekend. Uh, great to have uh, first responders, medical uh, first-line workers, uh, part of the Bill Clark Home uh, in- investment and donation in uh, making sure that the stadium has as many uh, rooting for the Pirates as possible inside of it. Uh, so that's obviously a great thing you've talked about. Uh, but it looks like we're going to have, have really great weather. Noon start, big-time environment, big-time opponent coming in. So... This is a great, uh, great, great uh, stage, I think, potentially for uh, this program. And we hope a lot of folks show up, obviously, on Saturday, Coach. No doubt. I, w- I would expect them to. You know, you, you haven't been able to go to ball games for, you know, two years now. And, uh, you know, our home opener is against an SEC East opponent. Uh, you don't get those coming to, come to your stadium very often. So, uh, you know, great opportunity for uh, Pirate Nation to be here and see a great game and, you know, we're excited about the matchup. I'm excited about, uh, you know, the environment. We're going to have a lot of recruits here. So uh, it's going to be a big weekend. Zeb Nolan uh, obviously stepping in for Luke Doty, who was injured. And uh, on Sunday, uh, Coach Beamer, uh, you know, playing a little coy. And obviously you wouldn't expect him to, to, to name any kind of starter till Saturday, uh, saying I'm sure Coach Houston would like us to go ahead and do it now. But uh, uh, so there's, there's two or three quarterbacks with that that you kind of have to prepare for. Uh, they're getting a running back uh, back, so I mean, there, there's some, there's some, uh, some things you have to prepare for that maybe you didn't see on film uh, against uh, Eastern Illinois when they uh, blew them out 46 zip on Saturday night. Well, I'm sure I'm sure there's lots of things they didn't show Saturday uh, because they didn't need to, but 
you know, I, I think the quarterback deals will we'll be prepared for that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Harris coming back is the, you know, the big boost that they'll get, you know, he's uh, le- the leading rusher in the SEC last year. So, um, you know, a, a significant player right there. And, uh, but it's, you know, we're facing an SEC offense and SEC defense. Um, you know, Zeb, uh, I thought he did a really good job. And I've known Zeb since he was a little kid. Uh, he and his father and I are close. And uh, so I was, I was really excited for him, you know, getting the opportunity to, to go out there and play. And I thought he did a, a great job of running their offense and, uh, you know, putting the ball where it was supposed to be. He obviously was uh, benefited, and as you say, they, they didn't show a whole lot. There, there was uh, kind of a no-frills but very effective uh, way that they rushed the football. Uh, how does their offensive line, you know, stack up, Coach, against, uh, you know, maybe offensive lines that you have seen and you will see uh, here this season? Well, they're huge. I mean, 6'7", 350, 6'5", 330, 6'4", 310. You know, it's, you, they're, they're a massive offensive front, so – um, you yeah, know, that's what the SEC is. It's a big boy league. So, you know, we're going to see a big physical front on both sides of the ball. So, um, you know, it'll be, you know, a, a, a little bit of a different animal than what we saw last week. We saw, you know, maybe not quite as big, but a very, very fast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lines last week. So, um, you know, it's another challenge. Coach, defensively, uh, and again, probably didn't show a whole lot from the Gamecocks perspective, but they do get a shutout uh, against uh, Eastern Illinois on, on Saturday. What have you noted about their defense as uh, you all prepared uh, to go against them? Well, their 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 D line is uh, you know one of the best in the SEC. Those those uh, those three defensive ends, you know, uh, Jordan Birch was you know if if not the top, but one of the top recruits in the country a couple of years ago, uh, and he doesn't even start. You know, he he's a dynamic player. Had a touchdown uh, on a pick six from a defensive line position last uh, Saturday night, but. Uh, you know, the two defensive ends, uh, you know, are difference makers, but, uh, you know, a big athletic front, uh, you know, they run very well uh, at all positions. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be a challenge. Coach, uh, quickly to the Pirate special teams, just wanted to ask you, you know, Owen Daffer uh, had that kind of unfortunate slip on the extra point, but then uh, he comes out and uh, does a really nice job, does the, uh, the young man from uh, Wilmington, Stick at a couple of uh, field goals in that game for the uh, Pirates, uh, and uh, obviously he's stepping into some big shoes of Jake Verity. How do you think he performed, by and large, uh, Thursday night? I thought he did really well. Uh, you know, it's uh, the the first extra point was, um, you know, that was more on an operations uh, deal than it was on him. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know that we got that cleaned up pretty quick. So uh, you know, I thought I thought he did well knocking down a couple of field goals, hitting the rest of the extra points. Um, I thought he did a good job on his kickoffs. Uh, you know, he's going to improve there this week just from game experience. Um, you know, that's the first time he's ever kicked in a college game. So, uh, certainly he's filling big shoes. You know, Jake Verity's probably the, the best place kicker in the history of the program. So, uh, you know, I was pleased the way he performed. Coach, defensively, uh, is the plan still to try to get a lot of bodies on the field Saturday against South Carolina? Absolutely. You know, that's, we played a lot of guys last week. We plan to do it again this week. And, you know, it's uh, it's you know one of those deals. When I got here, we had n- no bodies. You know, so we you know <laughs> guys are playing ninety snaps a game, and you know they're dead beat. So uh, you know, certainly there's an emphasis in recruiting. Uh, those guys got a lot of experience last year as freshmen. So you know we're gonna we're gonna roll them and keep them fresh and and uh, challenge them to play at a very high level. 
Coach, what will be, uh, you know, points of emphasis this week going into the game against South Carolina for this program? Well, I think just, you know, number one, just, you know, feed off the game day environment that we're going to have as a home field advantage. So, um, you know, we want to play at a higher level from a physicality and intensity standpoint, uh, and we want to execute at a higher level. You know, I think that if we can clean up some of our execution mistakes from last week, we can be very effective. Uh, and, um, you know, I expect us to I expect us to make a tremendous improvement from week one to week two. Now, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, a very talented roster, so it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. But uh, I'm really excited about the matchup and excited to be back at home. Coach, uh, uh, Coach Beamer mentioned the other day he you know, doesn't know you personally, but I have to imagine uh, you certainly know of him, of course. But uh, there, there might have been some interaction with Frank Beamer at some point in, in your career as well. Yeah, I've never met Shane, but, uh, you know, visited with his dad uh, multiple times, uh, you know, went up and visited with him when I was an assistant uh, and, and spent time with Coach Foster up there. And then, you know, over the years, uh, I've had, you know, several of his former assistants that have worked for me at different places. And so we've talked a, a good bit on the phone. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know Shane, but certainly a, a great amount of respect for his father. Yeah, uh, absolutely. One of the great gentlemen in uh, in uh, football uh, is uh, Frank Beamer, and, and we've enjoyed getting to know him over the years with all the trips to Greenville, Virginia Tech would make. But it's uh, Shane Beamer in South Carolina on Saturday at noon. Coach, best of luck, and uh, thank you as always for the time. Thanks a lot. Go Pirates. The Houston Huddle is brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy on Memorial Drive. Put your health first. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker. And that is today's Houston Huddle for HealthWise Pharmacy. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Pirate Report. Week 1 in college football ended last night with Ole Miss beating Louisville 43-24. The college football AP Top 25 poll came out today. Alabama remains number 1 while Georgia has jumped all the way up to number 2. Clemson fell to number 6. That was the first time the Tigers have been outside the top 4 since 2017. UConn football coach Randy Etzel is isn't waiting till the end of the season to retire as he previously stated he will step down immediately defensive coordinator Laos sorry Lou Spenaus will be the interim head coach this Saturday the pirate defense will face an offense that gave up 46 points last week here is Miles Berry giving us a breakdown it's offensively their backfield is strong they have a three really good running backs, so stopping the run is going to be key this week. Uh, stopping the run, get them in third down situations, third and long, so we can uh, get after the quarterback. That's going to be the main focus this week, stopping the run. ESPN's Todd McShay will take some time away to focus on his family and his health. The ESPN draft analyst and college football sideline reporter says he hopes to be back on the sideline soon. Paul Pierce, who was also a previous ESPN employee, was fired back in April for a video he posted on his social media of him around women who were inappropriately dressed. He has come out and explained how he did not enjoy working for the network as they were constantly telling him and the other analysts to talk about LeBron James. From the U.S. Open world's number one, Novak Djokovic beat American Jensen Brooksby last night in four sets to keep his 21st uh, major championship hopes alive. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Oh, Philip, you're causing me to, to bend over to pick this up. 
Uh, brought to you today by Acre Station. Local grown pork, beef, fresh, and smoked sausage. Acre Station Meat Farm, Highway 32 in Pinetown. Also by Doug Henry Chevrolet Buick at GMC in Farmville. And Doug Henry Ford in Aden. You paid more if you didn't get yours at a Doug Henry. I got my Doug Henry. All right. Uh, Bobby, beep, 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 beep. Here it is. Let's start with Tyler Sneed. Uh, Tyler was asked about, you know, the home opener. He talked about a lot of excitement going into this week. Cut five. Yeah, no, everybody's excited this week. You know, uh, we know we're going to have a big crowd. Uh, probably the most I've seen here uh, since my freshman year at UNC. But, uh, no, really excited. A uh, bunch of excitement built up leading into this game. You know, SEC, you know, we, we want to try and knock them off. We're going to play our best. But, uh, yeah, no, everybody's really excited around here. So, Tyler obviously struggled against Appalachian State. Their defense really schemed for him. Uh, Tyler talking about what it is that App State did to kind of slow him down, take him out of the game plan. Yeah, you know, they, they did a good job with their scheme. Uh, you know, they, they switched some things up. You know, we watch films, so obviously we know what they're going to do, but they, they tweak little things that uh, maybe threw us off a little bit, and we just got to do a better job getting in that film and recognizing that sooner. And this is Snead on what to do uh, as far as moving on or how to move on from last Thursday's season opening defeat. I, li- I like to say I, I use the 24-hour rule. You know, after a game like that, uh, give me 24 hours, watch the film, kind of digest that, and then, you know, it's done with. You know, it's just one game. We got hopefully 13, 14 more. So, uh, you know, just got to get past that. And uh, I think everybody's good now. You know, we'll see you at practice today. But uh, juice is up there. I like that. 13, very confident. 13, 14 more. Uh, moving on in that same vein, but, but yeah, look, there was some frustration. You heard Coach Houston mention it a few minutes ago. There was some frustration when some of those big plays were called back. Tyler Sneed on that. It, it is very frustrating, but, you know, when you're out there on the field, yeah, you, you kind of got to flush it like that. You know, as opposed to you look back on it in film, that's where you're like, dang, uh, you get to spend more time thinking about it. But out there when you're, when you're out there on the field, you just got to move past it and go ahead. It happened. They're not going to change it. So, uh, next play mentality. Tyler Sneed on the keys to a win over the Gamecocks. Uh, I feel like I feel like we can. We need to run. Uh, you know, we got two great backs back there, um, and they can they can make anything happen. So you saw Key. You know, what I mean, Speedster, and then Rajay. He can do it all. So uh, you know, we can do that, and then just throw. I mean, just clicking it all together is offense. Uh, we need to get it clicking. Uh, we might not have had what we had against SMU last year, you know, putting drives together like that. We, we struggled with that a little bit. But, uh, no, focusing on this week, I think we should need to learn to do that. And then next drive, if we go three and out, next drive, you know, keep that keep that energy up. And then defense, defense just goes out there and does what they do. Tyler did have four catches, which were tied for second on the team, but just managed 27 yards. And uh, really on kick returns, they bottled him up pretty well. Punt returns made life tough on him. Uh, this is uh, punter John Young, averaged 44 yards on uh, six kicks. Uh, he talked about his confidence in his game and in his punting. I'm feeling pretty confident after that last game. You know, I had a I had a really good week last week. Um, I think all of my field punts I hit over 50 during practice, and so I think having that confidence going into the game really helped. Um, you know, we're we focus on the net a lot and I think our gunners did really well running down the field making sure 
they're all fair caught, which is always a positive. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, Pirate Report today and uh, John Young talking about working on his hang time, uh, presumably in the offseason, and it paying off. Um, it was definitely uh, it was definitely exciting for me because, like you said, that's something that I've worked on uh, this offseason. And, you know, going back and watching the film and seeing, you know, the, the results of it uh, makes me pretty happy. Uh, this is uh, John Young. Good things to say about his long snapper, Slade Roy. Um, I think, like you said, our you know operation-wise, uh, with Slade snapping it back there uh, with with great velocity, um, definitely makes my job easier because I don't have to rush. Um, <clears throat> but you know, having him, you know, as a freshman and coming in, it really puts a lot of confidence uh, in me, and I know the coaches have a lot of confidence in him. Um, yeah. So that Hill kid that was the snapper, he's somewhere else I saw the other. I know his mom, and he was somewhere else the other uh, this year. Guys play year to year. A traveling Wilbury. He goes from school to school to be the long snapper. Uh, This is uh, John Young talking about Coach Beamer. Yeah, I'm actually going out of high school. Uh, I was getting recruited by them, and I thought of Coach Beamer. That was was awesome. Um, But, you know, I – at the end of the day, I, it's just another opponent to me. I mean, they brought they they blocked two last week. It doesn't really change anything in my mindset. They could come all they want, but you know, I believe in our guys up front. I, don't, I think we'll be fine. All right, this is uh, Miles Berry, linebacker. Uh, what he took as the good and what he took as the not so good from the first game. I feel like for the first game, we all we had mistakes on uh, at all three levels. Um, defensively, I think we need to minimize the uh, penalties. I think that'll help us, especially in some of those third down situations. Uh, we can minimize some of the penalties we get off. Uh, we get off the field. Um, I think we have to consistently keep our juice and our energy level throughout the game. And I think that's just something we're going to have to get better at as the season goes on. Um, things we did well. I think we we came out strong, man. I think we we really. We really had a lot of energy. We had a lot of focus going into the game. We thought we were going to win the game. You know, we had we had all the confidence in the world, and um, just felt like it was a learning experience for all of us. Speaking of keeping energy, uh, Barry talked about Pirate Nation and the crowd inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and being able to feed off of that uh, group of fans back in the stands. Oh man, uh, you know, third down we we say money down. Third downs and money down. So. When we uh, we're in a third down situation and we hear the crowd screaming, you know that definitely that definitely makes us want to you know make the play and make the tackle. So it the the crowd the all of that is we feed off that. It's big. It's big for us. Uh, of course, there's a uh, likelihood that uh, Colin Hill will be returning. Uh, no, not Colin Hill. Uh, the, the running back Hill for South Carolina uh, will be uh, back uh, in the lineup. Uh, and uh, certainly South Carolina ran the ball effectively against a uh, talent-deficient Eastern Illinois team. So uh, being able to deal with uh, stopping the run is something that Miles Berry says that the Pirates are going to have to do Saturday afternoon in order to win. 
Uh, really, at, at the line of scrimmage, just winning the point of contact. We got to be aggressive. D lineman has to has to win. We have to uh, attack at the line of scrimmage. Linebackers, we have to shoot our gaps, get downhill on the running backs. We have to hit them before they get started. That's really the main thing. We can't be passive. We have to we have to come downhill, and that's that's gonna that's gonna win us the the run battle at the point of contact. And then after that, um, in the backfield, just uh, limiting the explosive plays. We can't have explosive plays like we had last week, um, and that's going to be one of the keys to to winning and being successful on defense. And it, it's I said Hill, but it's Harris. I had the long snapper on my mind. So Kevin Harris, uh, who will be back according to Shane Beamer against the Pirates on uh, on Saturday, and uh, you obviously know that he led the SEC in uh, rushing, so he was very very good. Uh, I tell you what, why don't we hold the Sean Bailey stuff till tomorrow? Philip, let Ben deal with that. Because uh, I want to hit this uh, situation with the quarterbacks really quickly for Shane Beamer. So uh, let's do cut one quickly. This is Shane Beamer from his teleconference Sunday. Uh, we had this for you yesterday, but in case you missed it, this is him talking about uh, their quarterbacking situation. We'll see. I'm not going to get into naming who our quarterback is before we get up to East Carolina on Saturday. We'll see how the practice goes. Again, I'm not putting Luke Doty out there before he is ready. And... Um, and uh, uh, before he's ready and healthy and, you know, just got off the field. We're getting into our East Carolina prep here tonight and tomorrow and getting ready for practice on Tuesday, and we'll see how the week goes. And more on that uh, is why he will not name a starter. Of course, uh, the grad assistant turned uh, quarterback, number eight in your program, number one in your heart, Zeb Nolan, got the start against Eastern. Uh, and we'll see what happens with Luke Doty. But uh, this is uh, the reasoning and the rationale why behind Beamer will not name anybody. Don't know why I would. Um, I'm sure Coach Houston would love that. And um, and he knows. I mean, he's got to get ready for carry on Joiner, and and he's got to. They've got to get ready for Luke Doty and Zeb, and and you know we do a lot of different things offensively. So no. And guys, I'm not going to come in there on Tuesday and tell you who the starting quarterback is. So you don't need to waste time asking questions about who the quarterback is going to be and what the reps look like because I'm not getting into it. So um, sorry. Um, that's where we are. All right. Uh, that is today's pirate report. It is brought to you uh, in part by. Acre Station in Pinetown off of Highway 32 and by Doug Henry Chevrolet Buick GMC in Farmville and Doug Henry Ford in Aiden. We'll be back to wrap things up on the other side. Patrick Johnson show. And now the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, all right, uh, Wesley Grimes, big receiver out of the Triangle area. ECU was on him, made an offer, but he committed to Wake Forest today, three-star recruit. And uh, reports that Gonzaga head coach Mark Few cited on a driving under the influence of Dewey on Monday night. Jim Zoki with the tweet had a few too many. Get it, Philip? Few too many? I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Back tomorrow, Joe Giglio, WRAL sports fan, 99.9 The Fan. We'll talk with him. College football winners and losers from week one, where it all goes from here. Thanks to Mike Houston. Houston Huddle available in a podcast at 94.3thegame.com. For the ref, I'm the P-Man. See you tomorrow.